Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Forward Pressing. This is the big episode 5-0, episode 50. Did you ever think we'd get here, Yanis? Never thought I'd see the day. Hey, someone should have said we should have stopped a long time ago, but we're still going. Big milestones for us, still. It is. 50 episodes, that's like almost a year's worth. If you do one once a week, and I'm just a couple weeks here and there. Um, But yeah, uh, 50 episodes, who would have thought? And hopefully, the road, the the road to a hundred episodes. Road to a hundred episodes, halfway there. Um, but we have we have a couple updates to talk about, and uh, we had some big news. Some big news. We'll talk about with United. Um, so you think? Let's just get right into it, right? Um, MLS playoffs. You you are Mister MLS, so you got to tell Mr. me about MLS. Yeah, quick updates. Uh, lots of well, a couple surprises actually. Uh, Real Salt Lake RSL beat uh two of the biggest heavy well two of the heavy hitters in the league they beat seattle who's like one of the best he's obviously one of the best teams in the league uh favorite to win it okay again this year that's not gonna happen uh they beat them in pk Arcel is like ourselves didn't shoot a single take a single shot on goal yet they still won the game in pks because you know how that's how crazy the game the, the game is sometimes they also they went they, they then beat our skc sporting kansas city uh, away again. They, they all both their wins were away. They won in the 98 plus minute. I think it was Bobby Wood that scored 90 plus one. So now they're in the conference semis. They're the surprising team because they they were one of the last teams to actually make it to the playoffs. So they might they're making like a big, I guess they're big making a lot of upsets right now. But like I said last week, I had Portland coming out of the West, so they're playing Portland in the semis. That's basically the conference finals, but it's like the semifinal. So Portland are still in the, in the semifinal. And then in the East, you got Nashville, who collapsed against Philly. Uh, couldn't sc- they went to PKs. It was 1-1. They went to PK. And <laughs> Nashville missed all four. It was so weird to see. That's rough. That is rough. Like, credit to Andre, Andre Blake. Like, he did save two PKs, but two of them were not even on target. And these weren't, like, inexperienced players. These were, like, players who had been, like, playing for a while and stuff. So... You you would expect better from Nashville on that on that end. It's kind of disappointing because I thought they were going to go at least to the conference final, but that's a it's a it's a good season for them. Encouraging for what what's to come. Nashville is a good team. Watch out for them for next year. What do you think is the favorite to win it? I said last week that I had New New York City FC uh, winning it. I think most people would say New England. New England's been the best team all year. Yeah, they've been the best team all year. That's actually the 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 the. The conference, I guess, this is not a game that's happening tomorrow. New New England and uh, New York City FC, and the winner of that plays Philly, and that'll be the the conference finals for the East. But I have New York City FC winning the whole thing. I have Portland and New York City FC in the final, and New York City FC winning the whole thing. But I'm probably gonna be wrong. That's gonna be. I mean, I guess we'll see how it goes and in the coming weeks. Um, speaking of uh, weeks, we have uh, Neymar injured. Once again, did you see the injury? Oh man, I cannot. Me and ankle injuries just do not go together. I saw that picture the whole day when it happened, and it was just making me feel pain for him and for myself. Um, I mean, big blow to PSG and their uh, Champions League run, six to eight week injury. So basically, out for the next two months. What man, it sucks for Neymar. It sucks for Neymar. At least they have mentioned Mbappe to kind of keep up the the consistency. But yeah, it definitely sucks because that's not the first time that he gets injured like that way too. No, I mean it's just unlucky a little bit, right? 
so what do you, do you think that in any way this could be like not positive but like make it easier on Pochettino a little bit in terms of like having flexibility with his lineup? I don't really see that. I don't see that. I think I just think it's actually a pretty big blow for PSG in terms of like chance creation and goals. I mean, I was trying to see like maybe we can spin it in a way that like there's a silver lining a little bit because we know like with that front three, right? It's like every game they play in. But maybe now Pochettino can be a little bit more flexible and change things up a little bit, and maybe it makes them more effective. But they've already been so effective, so it's just it's tough. It's tough. Um, do you see them? Um, like, do you see them as still a favorite for the Champions League or not really anymore? Yeah, because I mean Neymar isn't gonna be gone for the rest of the season. It's only it's it is like no no no, but they still gotta make it out of, of the knockout stage. Yeah, I mean it is what they, I mean. One thing that I've noticed from their last game against City is that they definitely have to defend more as a team than rather than the like. They were only defending with like seven players against City, and like you can. There's so many pictures of like the the front three of like Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe just and have this, and there's a massive gap between them and like the rest of the team because the rest of the team is trying to defend City, and it's like yeah, you can't win that way. You can't win that way. So they definitely have to like. Uh, Figure that part out, but I think they're still in and there. Also, Neymar, Neymar finished 16th in the Ballon d'Or uh, voting, which is pretty crazy. He hasn't. He, I think he got he finished third in like 2017, I think, and since then it's just been he's finished outside of the top 10, I think, um, every year after that except one where he finished ninth. Um, do you think the Ballon d'Or is in the cards for Neymar at any point, or do you think it's his time is is done? I think if it was. If he had the chance, it was earlier. I don't see how he wins it now. It kind of it's gonna be tight. Do you think he gets? Do you think he gets like a one or two year window when Messi and Ronaldo re- retire, and he's like he's at up there in age, but still extremely effective? You think he has like a one season window where he can maybe, maybe win it? Maybe, but it have to. It has. It would have to be like maybe this season if he comes back in form next season. It won't be this season. It won't be this season. And Messi's gonna be there next season, like. So maybe it's in two years, but at that point, like you're gonna have like prime Haaland, you're gonna have prime Mbappe, like competing at the highest level, and and other players upping their game. I feel like I feel like Neymar is caught in between like two great generations because I mean him, it's really him and like Hazard. I mean he was there, he was there in, in the middle of of if Ronaldo and Messi aren't there, he's probably winning. He's he has one Ballon d'Or at least at that point. Um. And I don't know, but we can also say like his time at Barca, like without Messi, probably wouldn't have been as effective either. But if Ronaldo and Messi are not there, I think he has at least one or two Ballon d'Ors. I think he probably would have maybe one. I I don't know which year, but I think he'd have one. Probably be twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Yeah, I feel like like I said, I feel like Neymar and Hazard are kind of caught in between two great generations. Not that they're they're in the bad generation, just like. I feel like they were kind of unfortunate with like injuries and stuff, especially Hazard. Hazard hasn't been like healthy since he's been to Madrid and even at Chelsea. Like he had great seasons, but like it never like resulted in like a Champions League for some, for example. I mean, everybody who's been at the top the last 10 years hasn't had the chance to win the Ballon d'Or because it's gone just back and forth between Ronaldo and Messi. So anybody that's been prominent in the last 10 years has really not had the chance. And it's it, I mean, it just goes to show how good of an era of football we're, we're watching right now. It is, yeah, it kind of is what it is. I mean, even now, like, you have, you, have, you have the Mbappe, the Haaland coming up. So, I think it's probably going to be tough. Yeah. But they still have time, right? Like, they're even in the, in the conversation, like, now. Um, 
So I think next year, the year after, to be one of those two. I was about to say you're on your own one. Um, just speaking of uh, one or two years, I'm having I'm having crazy, crazy ideas for these transitions today. But uh, Ralph Ragnick, Ralph, Ralph Ragnick, new interim United manager for the next six months, and then a two year contract as a consultant. Um, I have my thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts. I think overall, I think everybody's pretty excited about this. Yeah, no, I think it's a great hire for United for the short term and the long term because a lot of good things happened with well, uh, with Ralph Ragnick at the when he went when he was at Leipzig. I first saw someone he was at Offenheim and like he brought Offenheim from like the rel- the the second league to like I mean I think he brought Offenheim from like the amateurs to like the 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 top level in Germany and like I remember when they had that. Heavy team of like Dembaba, uh, Oba Femi Martins. I think Firmino was there as well at some point. So he's definitely brought a lot of. He's definitely has a good, uh, good record behind him. He has a good eye for talent, and he has a good eye for for tactics, which is a big critic of 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 Ole, right? So it really feels like um, United kind of went out of their way to get somebody that was like not like Ole at all. Because Ole, you could argue, is probably one of more of those like. Uh, motivational, inspirational kind of managers going or, or off that. Exactly. But it seems like at this point, it wasn't good enough for United. And uh, Ragnick is obviously has a nice history and a proven record in what he can do. And what he can do is exactly what we've said United need. That's what's very nice about this. He's uh, he's very... Uh, he's known mostly for, like, uh, gagging pressing. I think that's what he's been known for. There's been a lot... There's been a lot of, like, Clips coming out recently of him in conferences, just explaining kind of like how pressing he wants the pressing work. So if he says like a little bit of pressing or stuff like that, like if you're in, you're full committed to pressing, you should be full committed to pressing and stuff like that. He's also big into like data during football. So like he uses a lot of data and stuff. I guess that's like the modern way of doing. Yeah, that's the modern way of the day of doing things. So it's not very that surprising, but he was probably one of the first ones to actually do it. Even when you look at Leipzig, like the way that they scouted their players and brought this whole team together from like the, the the second division to the first to the Champions League in like a couple of years, it's a very well, it's a it's a massive like, um, how should I say this? It's a it's a massive leap from the Bundesliga to the Champions League in like a less than like two three years. And I heard that he was supposed to go to Milan a couple of years ago. I think it was like last year or two years ago. But then that never happened. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Sorry, but it was on that topic. Um, I've seen mo- I've seen like ninety five percent of the stuff I've seen for Ragnik has all been positive. Um, all the German coaches have have talked extremely highly of him. I think it was Klopp that said he's the greatest German manager right now. Um, like over like himself and like Tuchel and. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Tuchel and Klopp has taken a lot of their principles from him. From Ragnik, yeah. Um, so that's, that's really nice, um, praise for him, but I've seen, I don't know who it was, somebody on, I think it was probably Sky Sports or something that was criticizing Ragnick being like, um, we're all hyping him up so much, but he hasn't really done anything. Like, look at like, how come he hasn't managed a, a, a big club yet or what, whatnot? Like, what would you say? There about is that? a interesting, cause I, I was surprised how big of a gap he took between Leipzig and, um, and United. Cause that there was, some, there was rumors of Milan. Like I said earlier, of Milan being interested in him, but that never really like uh came came fruit came through to fruition. 
I, um, I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe there was, there, I think he got, to, he went to shock at some point as well. And like for health, he had to like step down for health issues or just because he wasn't like physically or mentally able to like continue to develop and the club and the, the team. I'm not exactly sure exactly why he took that big of a, of a gap because I'm sure he was probably asked before for the clubs. I remember maybe Bayern was on him when um, after, before Nagelsmann. Even Dortmund probably was on, was on him too when they sacked Lucien Favre. So I'm surprised by how big of a gap he took. But I guess from a United perspective, it's just, it worked out for you guys because now you have a quality coach and who's going to be a quality consultant as well in the future. So I think it can only benefit That's you. the big thing that I'm excited about. The fact that he's going to stay around the club afterwards and have his influence there to make sure. Because I think it was him that said, like, um, it's it's not always necessary to make the best signings, but it's you can't win if you're making bad signings. Um, something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, I mean, I think that that just goes to show that like he does have an eye for talent, and if he can get the best out of our players and and find a way to use everybody's skill set uh, together, um, and he's like not no nonsense like a Mourinho type of thing, but I really feel like he won't he won't have a bias in terms of like the, the names of people he's going to go off of uh merit, you know, and playing the the best players that can fit what he wants to do, not just try to fit people in because of their name. Um so I'm excited about that. He's definitely good when it comes to scouting players. He's one of the best. Exactly. Exactly. Um so we're going to see how that goes, but I don't think he's going to be uh, here in time to manage the Arsenal game. I think it's going to be Carrick again. I mean, Carrick, we got our win against uh, Villarreal, and then he drew Chelsea. Um, I didn't really like how we played against Chelsea, to be honest. I don't think we did anything all game. We had that one chance, and we took it, which was nice. But I mean, it was going to give in to you. but you know. Yeah, I mean, but you still have to score it. So not, not complaining, but we didn't have many chances that game at all. Um, and the one penalty was kind of rough, to be honest. Like, one Bissaka is literally just, like, trying to kick the ball out. And then Thiago just Thiago Silva just kind of, like, puts his foot in there right before and then, like, sells it. It's not a sell. He definitely kicked him. I know for sure. But, like, he one Bissaka was, like, his back was to the goal, facing outwards, straight at the ball. And, like, right before he touched, makes contact with the ball, Thiago Silva, like, puts his foot in there. So, like, where was he going to kick the ball? Or, like, where was he? But yeah, but that's that's I think that's more so giving credit. That's more so credit to um to Thiago because he you don't give credit to Thiago Silva for that. I mean, come on, I don't think he did it on. I don't, yeah, because he rea- he reacts faster. He reacts faster. He didn't even get to the ball. He just put his foot in front of Juan Bissaka's foot. Yeah, but then just just him putting his foot there, you're forced to, and then Juan Bissaka, but Juan Bissaka doesn't have to hit him, but he's already in the motion of. That's a tough penalty to give, in my opinion. Like it's, it's tough, but it's it's the rule of the game. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. and you don't see you don't see a lot of those PKs given just because it doesn't happen often. But when they do, it's like you can't really complain about it. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, listen, like I honestly I didn't think it was a PK, but it is what it is. We get, we get one point out of that game, um, which is not the end of the world considering we have a manager that's never managed before and a team that's been uh, highly struggling recently. Um, by the way, Donnarumma just won goalie of the year. Oh, yeah, I saw. Um, big news, but yeah. Um, 
so we'll see we'll see um when Ragnick comes in and put big 11 there was a lot of differences um Ronaldo didn't start Maguire didn't start Van de Beek didn't start Martial what didn't start I'm not too surprised about that but I think Ragnick will get the best out of Van de Beek which I'm really excited about um also I wonder if this will make Pogba kind of stay and I mean, we have to get into the... Not that that's really a big deal at this point anymore. Um, but I'm really curious because now we kind of have this interim like settled, right? It's going to be riding until the end of the season, which I think is is great because it doesn't... It makes sure that we're not making an impulse decision on one of these other managers, like trying to pry Pochettino away from PSG or, 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 or settling for somebody because there's not a lot of availabilities. I think waiting until the end of the season has a lot of benefits. Because it's going to make people that weren't available potentially available. And we're going to be able to evaluate after the season, um, see what who we want to bring in and who deserves it and who can come, which I think is nice. Because I feel like for us, we would have imagined if we would have got Conte, you know, I'd much rather get a Ragnick in the interim than wait and maybe get a Pochettino or a Ten Hag at the end of the season than get a Conte halfway through the season and get somebody else after, you know? That's my take on that. I um, yeah. I mean, it was the logical thing to do, really. I think bringing a manager in a in a. No, but we haven't made a lot of logical decisions. If you look at it, the past, like when we've signed and when we've fired our managers. Yeah, that's that's fair. So it was just nice yeah. to see that this time around, like we kind of went a different route, which I didn't really have faith in, to be honest. I wasn't sure who they were going to bring in because I mean, the only top three name that we brought up was like, um. We're always Zidane, Pochettino, and Van Gaal, and Ten Hag, and then like anybody else really has a number four option. Yeah, but Zidane, we know Zidane doesn't want to come to United. Um, we saw the rumors of maybe Varane and Ronaldo trying to get him to come, but I don't think that was anything close. Like you can offer him a lot of money, but he doesn't need the money, right? So yeah, it's not a money issue. Ten Hag, I think they were saying he's very interested, but he wouldn't leave Ajax in the middle of the season. And Pochettino, we saw. I thought Pochettino was gonna happen like right there we, before the Ragnick news got got announced i thought we were getting pochettino because all the rumors were there um that he wanted to come he's not happy in france and he wanted to come and then we see how um psg they lose against man city then and the pochettino interviews of the day after and the day before um are all like kind of like being very cryptic and kind of like i know the rumors i'm not a kid but uh i'm here at psg right now and it's always the kind of like you know the just the politically correct kind of stuff you know like the the good answers you have to give that are kind of just like everybody gives them you know i feel like at every like loss of the peers you have this season they're gonna question Pochettino's uh, decision making and they they're like they're what 13 one and one in the in the in the league like it's not many losses right and the champions league is where they need to perform but uh yeah I, like, how would you feel? Do you think at the end of the season, I know we talked about this last time, but, you know, imagine you get a Ragnick until the end of the season and then, you know, you get Pochettino who gets fired from, from PSG, Zidane takes over there. Like, do you, would you go Pochettino? Would you go Ten Hag? Do you see what's... If you think Ragnick with, is a consultant involved in the if club? If it's Ragnick, I think the closest uh, manager would... Uh, close. I mean, the, from the ones that we mentioned, the closest manager that that's uh, real can relate to his principles is probably Pochettino. And also, like I mentioned last week, like the Premier experience is very valuable. He, he doesn't come into a league and has to learn about it. He he's he used he's well, I mean, he's been there before, so he knows 
what he needs to win, what needs to be done to win games in the Premier League. So, logically, the Pochettino choice makes more sense to the Ten Hag one. Ten Hag is more so, more so like potential, which is something that maybe Radnick could bet on. But I think in I, I was gonna know, say because that's that's what the conversation becomes to me because we see like Radnick who has uh, extreme amounts of experience and uh, a really uh, good mind for this. I feel like his mind with Ten Hag. Um, are kind of like on the same page about a lot of things and how they want to develop and how they want to use their players. Um, so I feel like Ten Hag being able to um, have the, the, the Ragnik influence on him into already the knowledge and, and effectiveness he has with a club like United, um, where Ragnik is bringing in good players that, that would fit what he wants to do. I don't know. I feel like well, it's not just what he wants to do, too. It's I think at the end of the day, like you want to have your your general manager and your uh, coach and your managers have the exact same mentality, the same principles in terms of their playing style. So it's gonna have to be someone that aligns with what Randick believes is right or what is better for like the club at the end. But it has to align with what Randick's uh, principles are as well. So. It'll depend on... And I don't know how much influence Ragnick is going to have after, if he's going to be, like, really involved or just kind of, like, there as a, a voice to consult when people need information or whatnot, but... Well, he's not a general manager. He's, like, a consultant. He's a consultant, so... He's not the general manager, exactly. He's going to be a consultant, right? So I don't want to try to overplay how much influence he's going to have, but I do think that if the plan to keep him on board is a show, um, is a showing of... of the faith in the club to want him to be involved in some way, at least. Yeah. Kind of vague to say a consultant, but. And who knows that maybe they offer him the, if we, if we finish extremely strong, maybe we offer him the permanent job. I don't want to, I don't want to make any assumptions or, or jump to any conclusions just yet. But if, if he does a really good job until the end of the season, like I'd be willing to consider it. That remain that remains to be. Yeah. I mean, that remains to be seen really. Does he want to? Cause he, he said himself that he wants to be consultant afterwards. Yeah. He wanted that minimum. That was what he needed as a requirement to take the interim job. Because if he wanted to take the year or the long term, even longer, he could have said, I, I could go for longer if I wanted to. But I feel like because he, I think he does his best work, not necessarily as a manager, but like. As, acting as a GM a little bit. Exactly. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, because I don't want to make the same mistake with Ole, right? Like, we put Ole in and then we went on, like, a crazy win run of, like, I think it was two months and then everybody was ready to just give him the give him the new contract then. But imagine if we had just waited until the end of the season, like, and reevaluated at that point. I feel like we would have had a... We may not be in a position we were right now, but I don't know. It's all 2020 hindsight, you know? Anyways, if you want to move on a little bit, we had the city West Ham that happened. In the snow. Um, West Ham put in, West Ham are a top club in the Premier League this year. Like, even last year, like, it's just, you keep kind of thinking they're going to slow down, but we need to give them some respect. You need to give them respect to David Moyes. That's what you need to do. <laughs> to David Moyes? You, resp- you disrespected the man last week. I didn't forget that. That's that. You got to give him credit for what he's doing right now. I mean, listen. I told. I said he's been doing. I said he's been doing a good job. I said he's been doing a good job. I, I said give him the United job. No, he had no chance. He had his chance, and he blew it completely. Yeah, he wasn't really helped by the 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 management. But anyway, that's a, that's a. 
I think it's, he was the I chosen was one after Sir Alex, bro. He was the chosen one, and he and he failed. No, nah, bro, he was a scapegoat. He was not a scapegoat. He had his shot. We we sucked. We sucked. Anyways, we're not talking about David Moyes, but West Ham. I mean, they lose two one against Man City. They scored the ninety fourth minute, so it was like two zero most of the game. One zero most of the game. Then ninetieth minute goal. Two zero. Then ninety fourth minute two one. Um, but I think all in all, the game was pretty close. I watched the. Uh, I would say about half of it on and off. Um, but I think Man City ultimately were the better team. And uh, they ended up coming out with the points. Does that, I mean, that just confirms the gap between one, two, and three and the rest. Because at fourth, West Ham is still not even close to the, the best team in the league. It, it's a three-team three race right now. At this point in the season, do you think West Ham fall out of the top five or do you think they, they hold tight? Well, they have, they, they're, they're, they're getting goals from a lot of, Places, but mostly from the the main strikers. So I think they're consistent in that in that end. I think they can they if they can like manage to stay solid in the back, and that's why they got Zuma. They can go. They can go for run and stay. They maintain their position at four. I mean, because right behind them, it's Arsenal, Wolves, Spurs, United, Brighton, Leicester. You know. Um, I have a little quick quiz question for you. I want to see if uh, you uh, can think about it. Um, what team not named? Uh, Norwich has the least goals in the Premier League this season after 13 games. Newcastle? Nope. You said not named Norwich? Not named Norwich. I could only think of Newcastle. I don't know. Um, Give me one more name and I'll tell you the answer. Burnley? Uh, nope. Those are two good guesses, but Spurs. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's bad. They're down bad. Spurs have 11 goals. They're down bad. They even lost. You said I saw their game in the Conference League last week. They gotta be bad. It wasn't it wasn't bad, but like it wasn't it was embarrassing because it was the last minute goal. But overall in the game, they weren't doing so well. No, people were already criticizing Conte and everything. Yeah, I think it's it's gonna be a, a work in progress. He's there for the long term. I think. Well, I mean, two years. That's not a long term in football nowadays. But I I don't I, I think it'll, it'll get it'll get better. It'll get better. Yeah, it's not gonna last. I think so too. Um, do you think Leicester make a second half of the season run or not? Really, depends on what they do with Brendan Rodgers. What do you mean? Do you think they'll fire Brendan Rodgers? Nah, I don't think. I I don't think so. I think he's too valuable for the team. I think he's there until the end of the season. Come on. Yeah, he'll get a season, but like, I, I don't know. Maybe they need another option, like in in the front three. They've been trending upwards a little bit, but they're still in tenth right now. They beat what they beat uh who did they beat this weekend? Watford, I think it was. Yeah. Watford. Yeah. I mean Watford are don't not... even say a thing. Don't even say a thing. You guys lost to them. Don't even say that. <laughs> yeah, we lost 4-1 against Watford and it got Ole fired. So that's just, that's what that tells you. You keep disrespecting those teams that beat you guys. I don't understand that. Because we suck. It's not necessarily because they're playing amazing, it's because we suck. That's just what it is. Mm, I mean, give them credit with credit is due. Um, all right, let's talk about Arsenal. Enough about United. Um, you beat you beat Newcastle um, 2-0. How do you feel about that? Uh, good. I'm just – but I'm starting to be – I'm starting to ask questions about our goal contributions and where the consistency is because I feel like we – kind of like Chelsea, we've been able to get goals from a few different sources. <clears throat> Not as much as Chelsea, but, I mean, a couple – still a couple. 
Um, but it's not the main, like, it's not your Aubameyang or it's not your Lacazette. You get goals from, like, Smith-Rowe, Saka. No, you're, the guys that are supposed to get you your goals are not getting you your goals. Yeah, like, your your your, your big three of, like, Lacazette, Aubameyang, and Pepe isn't getting you any goals. No, Martinelli came on and scored a goal. Lacazette came on after. I'm just questioning the contribution and, like, where the goals are going to come from. I mean, Aubameyang looks terrible, not going to lie. Aubameyang looks out of form. Look, Lacazette... He was probably your worst player against Newcastle. Yeah, that chance, bro, that chance. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if you you, you guys are not getting goals from these guys, that's something's going to have to change. You think maybe Martinelli starts up top? Like, Maybe he'll get more. He definitely give, deserves more chances that he's been getting. I mean, he scored a goal. He, do, he deserves a start over, over Aubameyang, I think, right now. Even maybe Lacazette, I don't even know. I think he deserves more chances to start, or at least to play more. I think Lacazette is probably getting has a better chance of starting than Aubameyang. I feel like Lacazette is better in a two-striker system than a one-striker system, though. And that's where I feel like he struggled with, uh, like, Arteta or even when Wenger was there, that, like, he couldn't – he wasn't able to, like, get um, many goals when he was playing in a one-striker system. But when he played with Emery, he was kind of – he was better when he played with Emery because he was playing in a two-striker system. What are your – I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on on your fullbacks, Tomiyasu, Tavares? Tomiyasu gets the goal. He's man of the match as well. Um, Tomiyasu, Tavares, Tierney. Tavares started over Tierney. He had a good game. You mean the assist? Sorry, you said Tomiyasu with the goal. You meant the assist? Oh, yeah, yeah, the assist. My bad, my bad. Um, but do you think Tomiyasu and Tavares are your best fullbacks right now? Or do you still think Tierney's overall? Tierney's kind of... I think overall, I'd say Tavares and Tomiyasu have been doing a great job to start. I think Tierney's Tierney, Tierney's going to come in eventually, but for now, I'm, I'm pretty because he was one of your most consistent players before you guys bought in more signings. Yeah, but with Tierney, the issue is the injuries. Like he's 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 not able to stay healthy for a long part of the season, which is why you kind of need a two another quality fullback with Tavares. And I think that having the two of them in the same position is actually pretty good for us. On the right side, I think Tomiyasu's done a great job to start. Um, now, Maitland Nas could play on the right. I think Suarez is also an option if if needed, but I think Tomiyasu can start. And he's been doing well since he's been there, so I'm not complaining. Also, he can play as a third center back if we want to play in a three, but we haven't done that yet. We, we just know that it's an option. So he can play definitely in multiple positions. And I'm not, yeah, I was very, I was kind of happy when he, we got him because I've seen a couple of his games in Serie A and a few of his highlights, and he was decent. But I didn't think he was going to be, but he was playing mostly like central, like on the right, on, on the right as well. But I didn't think it was gonna be like he would adapt this early to the prem. I think he, I thought he was gonna take a couple of games to like adjust. But it feels it feels like he's like adjusted as as it is right now. Um, I mean, moving on, I just want to say the road to Stevie G as the Liverpool manager starts now. Possibly. Well, I mean, no, let's not speculate here. <laughs> I, I, I'm just making a joke. But two wins in a row for Stevie G. How are we feeling? You can't complain, right? You can't. You can't complain if you're Villa right now. Yeah, it feels like a right decision. It does. It does, and I'm honestly I'm proud of him because you mean you beat Brighton, who is not an easy game this this year, and then Palace, who can have on their day can score some goals. But two good teams. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not gimmies. That's what I'm saying. They're not gimmies. Yeah, they're not easy wins. They're they're earned wins. And he's getting goals from, I think, Watkins scored. So he's back on track. What do you think is the ceiling for Stevie G? Do you think top 10 is the, the play? Because that's easily attainable. I think top 10 is real. I think top 10 is realistic. For sure. 
I'm excited to see this. I mean, listen, you got to respect CVG. I'm a United fan, and I know he's a Liverpool legend, but um, I mean, I respect him. And I think I think the road of how he's gotten here is is the right one. Um, nothing was was given to him. He, he proved a lot of stuff uh, managing. So um, we'll see if he can do it in the Premier League and keep it going. And uh, question of the week to wrap it up. As we have the Ballon d'Or ceremony going on right now, I think Messi is most likely winning it this year. He's going to have how many Ballon d'Or? Seven? I think that's... Isn't it seven? Is it seven or eight? I can't remember. I think this is seven. There's so many. But is this the last year we see Ronaldo or Messi win the Ballon d'Or? I think so. I think so, yes. I mean, I, I think the odds are always in our favor to say, yes, this is last year, right? I think if next year anybody has a chance, it's going to be Messi over Ronaldo, I think. I think that's uh, I think that's safe to say, no? Yeah, maybe, maybe. It might be safe to say, but, I mean, there's also the, there's, there's other options. No, for well. sure, but I'm saying if between Ronaldo or Messi, who has a better chance coming, like, in the future years, I think Messi, he's at the better team. He's at the better team, yes. He's a year younger, I think. I, he's the same age. But I'd say that so far... With their new teams, Ronaldo has the has the biggest moments with with uh, United and Messi has with PSG for sure because Messi at PSG is underwhelming. But in my head, the thought thought of how I think about this is, um, if Mbappe leaves PSG, I mean he's playing with Mbappe and Neymar at PSG, right? Those are huge names. Um, if Mbappe leaves, goes to Madrid, then it's him and Neymar again, and we see when it's him and Neymar, it's very easy for him to lead that team. Um, And if he has an insane season, wins the league, wins the Champions League next year with maybe Zidane at the helm, like, I can see Messi being a top three uh, finalist for the Ballon d'Or again and maybe winning it. If he's, like, leading the team in goals, making it such a big impact. Ronaldo would have to win the league or win the Champions League and get the golden boot for United. One of those, th one of those three to even be considered for the Champions League. We're not winning the Premier next year. We're not winning the Premier League. I'm saying next year. We're not winning it. Not this not this year, but like maybe next year. We're not winning it for the next two or three years. It's sad to say, but that's that's how long you need we have Ronaldo for. I know that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't think he's gonna win it or have a chance to win it. He could he could finish as a top goal scorer in the league, though. That's very possible. And that could maybe do it. Especially with the World Cup next year, if if Portugal make a run. Oh yeah, I forgot. Well, I mean, if they, if they even make it. I know because we, we should have talked about that a little bit, but Italy and Portugal, one of them is not going to be in the World Cup, which is insane. That's wild. They were drawn on, on the same side of the bracket, so uh, same or opposite side? Uh, I think the same side, yeah. Same side of the bracket. The same side of the bracket. So um, that's just sad. That's just, oh, that's tough. Who do you think makes it? We'll end on that. Another second question of the week. Who do you think makes it, Italy or Portugal? I think Portugal was going to make it. Do you think? Do you think they both make it to the end and then play each other or no? They probably will. It'll probably, will, but yeah. It'll be even more dramatic. It will be dramatic. That's going to be a game to watch. I think Italy go through. I think Ronaldo goes off not playing in the World Cup, which is insane. Which is, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. But alas, or the storyline is Italy win the Euro and they don't even make the World Cup. How would that be? We'll have to talk about that next episode. That's something definitely to mention. Like go more in depth about the whole system and whatnot. Because I've seen people complain that 
while we're getting we're letting teams in Africa or whatever compete in the World Cup, but one of the best teams in the whole world is not going to be there. Like, and sure, but everybody has equal chance to make it in their. Well, I mean, uh, England, the Europe has way more chances than the others. For sure, there's more teams like, like that team win um, to make it in. Like, just don't lose against or or draw against like Serbia at the last minute. You know, like. Or or may don't make your PK against Switzerland or something last minute. Exactly, like it's you have to earn it as well. Just because you're a big team with a high FIFA ranking doesn't mean you're you're entitled to anything, right? Everybody has their fair shot of playing. There's there's actually no excuse for them not to make it. I do. Imagine both neither of them make it because they lose in the qualifier. That would be crazy. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think one of them is gonna make it. I see Portugal go. For sure, I think one of them has to make it. We'll see. We'll save that for next episode. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more. But uh, episode 50 in the books. Thanks for listening. Hopefully 50 more. If you, li- if you lasted this long, we really appreciate it. Thanks for rocking with us. And Thanks for rocking with us. We hope to see you next week. Peace. Peace.